This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Fajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Alan Fajari. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. With me here are the usuals, Mike Ellis and Carlos Fonseca, plus we have uh, Jeff Walton here with us on the show hello guys hey all right so the championship series are up we got the peak antifree series and the world championship gp and so we've had a couple races since our last show and uh anybody watch the phoenix race where uh, pj sturgis uh had a pretty good race in this caution free uh event at phoenix yeah, I certainly uh, caught parts of it uh, myself. I didn't watch it, uh, you know, every lap kind of thing, but uh, certainly was interesting with the strategy, the way it played out with the no caution. So, yeah, I thought it was uh, interesting. On some people were short pitting and uh, expecting caution. Some people were, you know, going long and expecting caution. Some people are just on that every thirty-three lap, or yeah, I believe 30, 33, 34 lap. Uh, pace and uh, we we're gonna see what uh, happened there so it was a pretty interesting race and uh, so we have another Sturgis brothers uh, take home a checker so uh, yeah it was a uh, kind of fun to watch and uh, let me just list out the top five here in the point standings just so everyone knows we got PJ Sturgis who is in first place with 127 points Rael Fala has 121 Alan Boas has 118 Jake Sturgis has 117 and Chris Overland is in fifth at 115. So it looks like it's going to be a pretty good battle shaping down. And uh, we have in eighth place, we have, uh, have a, a, a past guest on the show, which is, um, uh, <laughs> why, why am I forgetting his name? I shouldn't. Andrew Fash the third. He's in eighth place. So Andrew's had nice, a pretty Andrew. good, uh, pretty good uh, series so far. Yeah, that strategy on Phoenix uh, actually was that group, and he was in that group that won, we were doing a two-stop race, and everyone else was on a three-stop. And that's how they basically got the lead and, and won the race there. So, yeah, congrats to him. And his brother won the week before at Atlanta. Well, how was how did Tyler do in that? I think Tyler finished 17th at, uh, at Phoenix. I think he just uh, had a Oham car and Oham run. <laughs> so I think it was just kind of oh hum, and when Taylor is oh hum, he he gets disappointed. So after the race, he actually was kind of uh, and disappointed. So uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what uh, happens in the future there. But I know I know the short tracks are more of a struggle for our uh, setup gurus, and so I I really wasn't expecting. I was kind of hoping he would get top ten, but uh, I don't know. Uh, it's the one point five. Uh, mile of tracks that uh which hopefully we can shine on to be able to uh have tyler move up but uh but anyways it was just uh it was an all right uh race to watch and uh it's pretty interesting no cautions at phoenix when uh i would expect personally that there'd be a lot so i was kind of surprised were you guys surprised I, the no um, cautions yeah no cautions oh 
I mean, I mean, a lot yeah. of these guys are aggressive, you know. You know, based on the, how they usually race, yeah, I guess I am surprised. And you know, Phoenix uh, usually is like three and four wide down that back stretch, and with the you know, you go down on the apron. So you kind of expect cautions, but hey, they're great drivers. Yeah, they are. So, uh, and then in the World Championship GP, we had uh, Martin Kroenke win at Sebring, and so uh, anyone but who to, huh? Yeah, anyone but who to. But uh, Gregor is actually doing pretty well. Let me just read off the top five here. We got Martin Kroenke is uh, is in the lead, 104 points. We got Gregor Hutu in second, 98. Tied for second is Ali Pakala with 98, and then we got Mitchell DeJong with 97, and then Peter Berryman has 78. So there's your top five in the World Championship GP series. I love so, rooting for Mitchell DeJong, who's uh, the lone uh, American there in that group. Uh, good run, Mitchell, there. Yeah, it looks like he's doing pretty good, but uh, I think it's going it, to... It really does look like that uh, series is also shaping up to be pretty tight amongst the, at least the top four there. And uh, should be uh, pretty good going down the line. And so uh, we'll talk a little bit more about one of their members um, of this series a little bit later. But uh, anyways, it, uh, those uh, races are pretty fun to watch, too, on Race Spot TV. And uh, it's a pretty good uh, series to watch. I'm just amazed at these guys, their abilities to be able to drive that car around, which is a difficult car, especially to... All the different things you can change now in that uh, in that Formula One car, and uh, how well they do. Well, real quick, uh, kind of a side note here. I got to try that car actually during one of these uh, uh, maintenance periods where iRacing puts up that you know test drive dot iRacing dot com thing. Correct. And boy, I was having fun with that and seven gears and and the thing is fast, you know. And yeah. I, I, I gave it a shot, too. Of course, I know nothing about it. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, one thing I wanted to point out that uh, iRacing uh, on their YouTube channel came out with a couple of videos about setting up the Formula One car. So uh, for people that want to learn how to set up that car, it's, they do got a couple of videos. I kind of wish they would do it on some other cars, too. But uh, it was nice to see that they had some uh, some videos on that. Yep. But uh, yeah, I ran that car during uh, during one of those test drive uh, sessions and uh, just the default setup and stuff. And so it was uh, it was kind of interesting. Took it out on Spa. It was kind of fun. But I imagine um, when I drove it, I you know I was thinking about these guys, the pros, and I'm thinking, boy, you know, it's easy enough to drive around the track, but to be fast and be with these guys, it's got to be really hard. Have you ever had an opportunity to watch um, some of the radicals online? stuff where they show the first person view the youtube videos sometimes yeah it's a it's amazing they're slip sliding around and keeping the car um underneath them and stuff it's just to me it's amazing on and you know unfortunately these guys aren't one of the top people but you can see on how fast you have to be how good you have to be to be one of the top people in one of these cars because they're just going ridiculous speed and shifting like crazy and everything else and and uh and the, you know, I just I can't believe it. That just to me that just takes so much skill. So, but you got to be one of those guys to be one of the tops. And this is the top series on the road. And there's no doubt about it. All right, and let's uh, 
get down to uh, one of our favorite topics, which is the NASCAR iRacing Series. They had two races since uh, our last show, which was uh, Phoenix, which was the first one for the uh, the low downforce package. And then they had Auto Club. And since guys, since I was on vacation, Phoenix, why don't you take it away, talk about your races, talk about what you thought, and uh, we'll go from there. Then we'll go to Auto Club. Uh, go ahead, Carlos. Oh, about what? Well, Phoenix, how was your Phoenix? Oh, Phoenix was okay for me, I guess. But, you know, the ridiculous driving standards some of these people put out there just made it an awful week for me that I pretty much just quit after I I took an 11th place finish and called that a win because I just wanted to get out of there. But, man, there's so much aggressive drivers out there. They just throw it in there without regard that you're next to them. The super dive bomb, you mean? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And last lap, I had seventh place. I had it going into three. Some guy just throws it in there and tags me. Ended up saving it, but like seven spots I lost right there. Well, just let me one ask corner you, away. Let me ask you guys. I don't know if you saw the real NASCAR race at, at Phoenix, but you know the way that Carl Edwards and and uh, Harvick were roughing each other up there coming to the checkered flag. Do you think that gives the iRacers, you know, uh, the idea or the authority to say, you know, hey, that's an acceptable way to drive? Well, to some point, yeah. To some point, yeah, I do. I, but also I feel that uh, there's a lot of people where this truly is a, just a game to them. Maybe. And uh, they don't care. <laughs> yeah, they don't win, they don't care if they don't win. So they're going to, you know, do anything they can to try, you know. Well, things that Edwards did, you. There's, he wouldn't try something like that on lap one, like all these guys were. That's true. I mean, they were coming to the checkered when it happened. Um, yeah, and actually, I had I'm fine with that, even in iRacing. I'm fine with that. You coming down to, to checkered or, or uh, last part of the race, then maybe your strategies might change. Maybe you might get more aggressive. You know, that type of stuff is fine. But, you know, in iRacing, you see this from lap one. You know? Yeah, yep. the first run, you hear everybody in TeamSpeak say, Everyone's running Q laps here and racing like crazy. Yep, but you know, just just put it in the back of your mind. Let them burn the tires out or let them crash, and try to get your good finish. You know, by trying to race smart. You know, which I think we all try to do. So you know, that's that's kind of the thing. But uh, uh, let's face it, a lot of those uh, guys have been successful racing like that, and they will continue to race like that you know yep well i had a low i had a high of 13th for phoenix uh it was a horrible week uh, lots of wrecks and and whatnot and just being slow i'm just i don't know how to manage tires yeah we'll talk a little bit about that in auto club and what i what i saw <laughs> so that's a little different yeah yeah being in the race with you but um yeah, actually, I, I was kind of, I didn't feel too bad missing out on Phoenix, I have to admit, because that is notoriously one of my worst tracks, and I always feel like no matter what I try to do, no matter if I try to uh, just uh, take it easy, or if I try to run hard, or anything else like that, I, end, I always end up in someone else's crap, so I'm actually kind of happy I missed that. So you missed the whole week. You didn't take a start, or yep, missed the whole week. Yep. All uh, they did was integrity, weren't you? Yep, that's the only thing I did was the integrity, and then uh, and we went on vacation. I came back uh, late Sunday night, so missed the whole thing. You got five drop weeks, so perfect. 
Yep. All right. Let's talk about Auto Club. Uh, Mike, start with you. How'd your Auto Club go? Well, I want to say it's the same as Phoenix. I, I had horrible runs, except for one. I kind of snuck. A, I got a. I got a top five somehow, and uh, with just people wrecking and me just surviving, and uh, I really got that through attrition. Yep, and I was in that race with you, and I was part of that attrition, kind of, since I was uh, damaged on the front end on on one, I think the last wreck there was. And that's because we were we had a restart. Uh, I don't remember how many laps to go, and uh, it was starting to get a little crazy. And well, I didn't quite make it through the wreck. Yeah, Michael so McLean, if I remember right, uh, brought that last caution out. Took out a lot of people, including you. I somehow missed it. Yeah, McLean for you. Yeah, I think we're all kind of used to that. But uh, let's talk about saving your tires, and uh, this is a little bit what I noticed, and something else that I need to work on too is, um, and it, it gets a little harder when someone's right behind you, but it's called backing up the corners. <laughs> it's called letting off a little earlier and letting it uh, roll into the corner. Or and, vice versa, uh, use a crap ton of brake. Well, yeah, if you, but if you end up using tap, uh, a lot of brake, then you're also wearing out your fronts. You know, yep. using all that brake, so it's uh, it's actually getting getting off the corner a little bit easier now. They like, for example, at Auto Club on turn one, you have like a sign, and then you have a three marker, then you have a two marker, and then a one marker. Right. And so, where do you let off the gas? I'm starting at the sign. All right. And then yeah, do you? Do you start getting back into the gas before you hit the corner or like mid-corner? Well, uh, my problem is I get back to the gas too soon, and and then I push up out of the bottom groove, and then everyone passes me. So that's realistically what I do. All right, yeah, because one of the things that, that I noticed is that I thought you were running too hard, actually, in, in the corners. Right, but and it pushes up, right? Yeah. Then, right, then and I can't get up. myself to let it roll in the middle. I just can't get my – I need to lift my foot clear off the pedals. I used to do that last year. Maybe I need to start doing that again. Yeah, but – because um, that's where, you know, like you would you would have me in the first laps after a restart, and then eventually I'll get you back. And, uh, <laughs> that's, I, you know, I don't – I know I wasn't that great at Auto Club about uh, – letting it off because I actually I was using the gas a little bit to help me turn when I probably should let it roll more and so I know I was wearing out some front tires there when I probably shouldn't have um, as much but uh, it's, it's something I'm working on too is about that but uh, let's talk about the low downforce because we really felt it at Auto Club yep well yeah like you said when you get up behind a car and you can really loosen that car up that was something I noticed well, what about driving too deep into turn one? And basically, you could not turn. You yeah, you'd almost have to get hard on the brakes and just you know, yep. gather it back up. So notice that a lot. It's just, holy cow. It's just, uh, but yep. coming off of two and stuff kind of remind me of Auto Club in the past uh, in the fixed setups where it was uh, a little slippery. 
I, to and, me, and later the in the same. run, when you uh, hit a late apex or something, if you got the wrong line, it just goes straight to the wall. And I've had times where I would have to like hit the brakes when I'm coming out of two and four because, you know, just keeping to the throttle would have carried me to the wall. Yeah, it was it was definitely different. Uh, uh, you know, when I first started practicing for Auto Club, I, I I really didn't practice too much because of the vacations. I really didn't get to run too many laps in uh, at Phoenix or anything. And actually, I didn't think Phoenix was too much of a change uh, with the low downforce compared to the normal or the way it used to be, I should say. And but as soon as I got in an auto club, it's just like, oh man, what a this is a big change. And so it actually took me a little bit to figure out what the heck I was doing, <laughs> you know, no. for a while. No, we did that integrity race on Monday, and I was fast, you know, only in those first three laps. You know, I qualified up there, top seven, I think. And uh, yeah, I didn't know what to do that whole race. I was getting passed left and right, and found out you got to protect that bottom at all costs. I had to actually do a fixed race during the week to figure out what I was doing wrong and ended up paying off for my fixed race. Yeah, I, I definitely would say that the integrity, can, since we run default weather fixed setups, does kind of help you for the fixed uh, NIS fixed series. So there's no doubt about it. You get, get a, good, a real good feel for how the racing's going to go even before you, you jump into those things. But uh, I don't know. Integrity to me has been a little frustrating this year. So, so fall off though too. I mean, the tire fall off was consistent and it went down consistently. It seems. Oh yeah, it seemed and, right this time. You know, I think during one of the races, I was talking to some people that wow. I mean, this is they've really got the package feeling like what I'm seeing on TV with NASCAR. Oh yeah, it, I, I think they really did a great job iRacing did as far as matching what NASCAR's current package is. And, you know, kudos to iRacing. I, I can't imagine it being uh, any closer to what they're doing. I, I mean, I think we felt the differences. It is slight, but I think that's what NASCAR drivers are feeling too. It's a slight difference. Well, you should have seen how much I was actually having to work the car, getting out of the corners every single lap in a run just to keep up with the guys in front of me. Like, the split that I was in, I never had a chance to save any tires, and it really made you have to drive the car like you see them do. Yeah, I would, you know, I've never been in a real car, so I don't know how it feels for them at all. And But uh, it, the new package feels pretty pretty decent to me for some good racing. You know, and uh, you can't, at least one of the things that we talked about is that with a the new track dynamics that they put in last year and now with the low low downforce package the hot lapping days are gone they are gone you can't do that in a car anymore those things that shot you know yep. tell that to john walker no uh, <laughs> just he is putting down hot laps every single lap the, the, the mysterious end. john d walker yeah he ended up winning that race dominantly but it was, you know, it was actually a fun race with him the race i was in yeah. yeah, I think uh, I, in, as far as the comparison to NASCAR, I, just to finish that thought, I, I listened to uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. after uh, you know the the race. He does this podcast thing, and he basically just sits there and talks to his phone, and they record it. But he talks for like ten or f ten minutes about 
the car and what he felt and how the race went and all that stuff. And, and so, you know, that's what I'm comparing it to is like, you hear a guy talk about the, you know, how, how it's driving and how it feels and, and you hear other drivers and what they're saying too. So, and it's exactly what I'm feeling in the car. So. Well, and then that's good. And then that's uh, good that I recently was able to, uh, to get it to where at least what you hear what other people say the real drivers that is what you feel too so yeah it's good i think they did a great job so the other rant i got on california is why in the world is this thing full length this is ridiculous oh, i loved it i loved oh, yeah, it. it was fun yeah i'm 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 different than than you on this one i i personally i love the fact that they throw some other type of other tracks and i love i love the fact that bristol's going to be the next one too so i don't know i thought I it was reserved for special events the long things you know well there isn't that many special events <laughs> yeah so i, I like I'm it how they mix it around you know they got to mix it around I, and i you know they basically have the same ones they had last year and then they threw in a, a few more, which which I, I like, you know. And lo- there's a lot of people that are asking for um, the full distance. And, of course, there's a lot of people are, that don't want it. But, you know, you got to, you know, who do you make happy here? So, I mean, they're not all full distance. I guess I'm so, okay with the mix. I mean, if everything was full distance, I would be able to do it because I work for a living, you know. And <laughs> Yeah. But uh, I like the fact that they threw some some ones and and i'm hoping next year you see some different, different maybe they mix it up yeah. not martinsville yeah right. well you know even martin even martinsville you know drop they, week you know richmond or you know they got kind of mix things up and stuff so well the 200 laps led to a lot of green flag runs and cases in certain races um Man, I had fun, even though I was struggling, uh, you know, and towards the back of the pack, the times, everyone would get on different tire cycles. And so mm-hmm. it get really spread out. And it was like, boy, we're already starting green flag cycles again. And I had just pitted like 10 ago because there were people that, you know, pitted early. And so everyone was on different tires. And there were times when I'm marching through the field on new tires to get to the leader and get back on the lead lap. And that was fun racing. Uh, because I'm the one who's faster for a change, you know, and actually passing. And, and uh, yeah, it was fun, and I actually enjoyed that part of it. Yep. Going into the race, what was your pit strategy? What was that? Going into the race. So when the race first started, you got 200 laps. What was your pit strategy? Until I felt like I was going to smack the wall. I would stay out on tires as long as I could until the leader started pitting. Then no, I was... They yeah. Go on. I was just going to say, just the 32, 33, like we usually do. Yeah, yeah you I go think, off uh, what the leader does. Yeah, so some people do like the 25. Uh, I know a lot of people are doing the 33, 34 uh, deal. Matter of fact, most of my teammates were talking about that. I went with the 40. That's That was my, my first one. And especially uh, if the first run. The first run I tried to take it as long as possible just hoping there was a caution because you know how it is when these nis races there's normally a caution right away yeah and so basically the the first one the first one i tickled for a long one and then the rest i just just kind of try to figure it out based on the cautions and when they came out but uh but yeah you know if if the whole thing went green i would have went on the 40s 
So our teammate Jose did the same thing. He did the forties and he stuck to it. I think he did it early in the week and it just didn't work out for him at all. Yeah. Well, it really kind of depends if the cautions fly and, and when they fly. And so, you know, cause every time you have a restart, you got to refigure out your pitch strategy. <laughs> so you got to just, you know, and, and, and go, if it's going to go from green from here, but then there's a lot of times you're thinking it's not going to go green. So I'll just sharp it or I'll just do whatever. And, uh, and, do that but i know at the beginning the beginning i try to make a longer one hoping that there'd be a caution and uh none of them did work out for me um, so it, there wasn't a caution while i was you know lap ahead of everyone but um and basically there was a few people that went even longer than me and so i i'd be like in fifth place and i would bet you know and uh and try to work my way back up but even with that strategy with guys that were pitting in the in the 30s you can you can make up time on them uh pretty quickly and stuff so i don't think i was i was never like worried about being caught a lap down because of that pit strategy i'll hope i say that so speaking i didn't think it was that bad speaking of which i had some issues in one of the oh actually the fixed race where i did get a finish then i ended up going a lap down because of the whole some people not maintaining a speed and causing me to pass them and get caught with that yellow or passing under yellow deal, which is, you know, you have to serve under green. Then you have mm-hmm. all that. Oh, no, that didn't cost me a lap. What happened was I went to go serve that penalty right after a restart and stop in my box and it starts counting down that one second. I had to stop and go and it, it was only one tenth of a second left and it some for some reason just stopped. I didn't even do nothing, so I had to drive around again, and that's what cost me a lap. So I'd be able to come back and get a seventh out of that. I'll take it. Yeah, wow, that Sounds was like a good a run glitch. for you. I also had a a, a problem. I don't know if it was a glitch, but I had a minute and a half black flag, and what? that's the longest penalty I've ever had in my life. But uh, I ba- we basically had a caution. I came down the pit. I missed my box. I see it in my mirror. It's like three back. I put it in reverse. I back up into my box, and it black flags me. I guess I backed up too far. Yep, yep, yep. And that's my guess. And a minute and a half was the penalty under green. Yep, <laughs> yep. That's that's too far. So yep. if you, I don't know what's the distance or anything like that, but my guess is probably only about one pit pit box. That you can back up into, otherwise you missed it and you got to go around. At least it wasn't that hour and seven minutes damage I had in the Sebring. I know, uh, I've never heard of that either. That was a new record. Hell, someone the same week as Auto Club ended up getting an hour and a half of damage. Yep. All right, let's talk about the open. Uh, let's get to the weather a little bit, but how'd you guys do in the, some of the open, open races? I thought I was doing pretty good. Same thing happened, passing under yellow again. Just has not been good for me. Yeah, do you get that uh, before you're going into the pit road and someone's still behind you and you're just kind of waiting for them to go by? Is that when you get well, it? Well, I was coming to pit road and this guy was staying out. Well, you know, every race in uh, Integrity is 83, uh, what's his name? Alvarez. He uh, just messing around being real slow at the top of the track and I was just following the guys in front of me to pit road and barely got in front of him but when I got to pit road before I even made it to the you know commitment cone before you get there 
I got the. There's just nothing that could happen there. Yeah, there's the line at some of these tracks. I noticed that Las Vegas and probably Auto Club. The line is before the commitment cones. There's there's some line. It's like when the thing comes up, tell you the speed. Yeah, that's That's, when. That's it. Yeah, you can't do nothing about it. You can stop and let them buy you, but it's too late. Yep. That's what happened. Cost me two laps. Yep. It it killed me and. you know, oh, are the cones in the wrong spot? Is that what I'm hearing? I don't know about if the cones are in the wrong spot. I just think where it determines on your passing is probably on the wrong spot. Because it's it's as soon as, as soon as that that pit road speed thing comes up, which is before the cones. Um, yes, yeah, before you actually you know, have to get down to pit road speed. Yep. If, as soon as those things come up, you're considered in pit lane and. And uh, if you're past the car that you're not supposed to be past, then it will be Which still don't make sense because he stayed out. I mean, technically, he passed me right back. I don't know. Yeah, well, I I know it's happened to me. And uh, I think some people use it as a strategy. (laughs) He took the uh, second fastest car out of the race. Yep. So, anyway, um, I know for for the open setups, I actually uh, had some... uh, some decent cars for them and uh, did pretty well, at least in my second race, which was the Sunday race. And uh, I'll get to the weather here in a second. But, uh, Mike, how did you do in the Opens? Well, our team did pretty good. I mean, half of us got, you know, in the top 10 as far as a finish. Uh, mine was, uh, well, fifth in California on that race I was in with you. Uh, you were part. You were wrecked in the front, and I just blew by you. And everybody well, I thought else. that was a fixed. Oh, was <laughs> yeah, that the was fixed? fixed? Yeah, that okay. was a fixed race. Yeah, I can't even keep them apart. I had twelfth yeah. as my best in the open. Okay, I ended up getting a fourth place in the in the Sunday race. But uh, let me talk about the weather here for a second. The track temp for the Sunday race was sixty three degrees. That was the track wow. temp. Like, is it going to snow? <laughs> and here's kind of my deal on that track temp. You go into a test session where you can set the temperature. You can't set it to get a track temp that low. Yeah, that's what didn't make sense. Matt, our teammate, Matt Boley, whatever his name is, his last name, I don't know how to say it, but he had the same issue as he was saying. He was putting down 55 degrees on the air temp, and you can only go to 65. Yeah, you, you cannot get that low. And and so it, it it is it's starting to bother me. It wasn't bothering me before, but with the sixty three degree track temp, it the range is too much. Yeah, they need to rein that in a little. Yep. And so you know you can't set up a car for sixty degrees all the way up to one hundred twenty degrees, and then never know <laughs> what you're going to get. You got to have know? like twenty setups to be prepared. Yeah, and so. You know, I really wasn't prepared when I saw that. I was just like, oh, my God. Now, I know that. What do uh, we do? Yeah, I know Jason worked on something for 68 degrees because he was happened to be in a practice that was 68. But I didn't have that set up. So I was I did a little chasing there. I didn't chase during the race. I actually had chased before the race on it. And I used the qualifying session to just practice for for the race. I didn't I didn't qualify. I never finished the lap. I just tried to get the feel for the for the car and that type of stuff for that. And I got kind of lucky. We had a 90 degree setup where I just uh, you know, I made my usual changes of which I would make for 
taking a normal and, and having it 100 degrees, you know. And so I did that type of thing and end up working out. But they ought to have some kind of like 10 degree range that we have for the week. Or can't or they just like go that. off what the actual well, temperature could be in that day? See, I don't think they can. I don't, I don't think that's, that's realistic. Because what if it's December? Yeah, especially during the winter. Are we racing on a club in December? Well, if you're in the regular air opens, we are. Yeah, but, you know, I understand the randomness, but I, I think what they should do is just set it within a within a range and then let people know the range ahead of time, yep. you know? Or at least so. in the practice server, they throw you into make it the same as the race. Oh, yeah, and or I understand. Like yeah, I even understand the reason why they don't do that, but if it... It shouldn't be such a wide range. That's all I'm saying. Because the the wide range is is nearly impossible to set up a, a race car for. You yeah. know. I know. So you if, you, if you're working on track temps of 110 because that's default or whatever it is, and then they throw you a 63 during a, yeah. a race, well, you know, you, that's a that's a big difference. Or at least you could, you know, give like a half hour practice session before the race you know of that same weather not like a full-on practice just enough to get a feel and see if you can change anything real quick or yeah, increase the practice time even more we only get what five minutes three minutes yeah we only get the three minutes and plus that eight minute qualifying or back however long that is five minute okay. qualifying and so i don't know it was it was it was pretty disappointing that's what i should say and and it actually it it changed my mind on on the weather thing, and I think it should be tightened yeah. up. At least somewhat realistic, right? Yeah. Well, it doesn't even have to be necessarily realistic for that area. Just give us, or for the real race or anything like that, just give us a range that's something where people can actually work on, you know, have it. You know, so if they if they say it's gonna the race is gonna be between a hundred or I'm te- just talking track temps here, not air temps, and I don't care how they do it. But if they say it's gonna be between a hundred and hundred ten, well, now at least we got something that we can set up for, yep. and then make the adjustments that we're gonna make before the race. You know, where it isn't major adjustments. You know, so I mean, people that were that had real loose setups got lucky. You know, that's what I would say that they got they got lucky on that race, and and you know some people just overshot it and really loose, loosened up the car and where to the point where they couldn't control it anymore. Because actually, with uh with the weather like that, um, you're going faster, so you're gonna wear out your tires more, uh, especially the uh, the right rear. Right. And so you get the you, know, big you have to duel. be prepared for that. Remember the whole tape deal. Well, yeah, yeah. You were, you have them where they where they don't understand. <laughs> You're carrying more they, speed. Yeah, they carry more speed, so the RPMs are more. So they got to actually put on less tape than more tape, you know. But um, yeah, it's, to me, it's just kind of like just please give us a smaller range, even if it was twenty degrees. I don't care, but a fifty or sixty degree uh, range is just Ridiculous. too much. Yep. I mean, crew chiefs don't have to, they, you know, obviously they, they would know the weather, they would have kind of an idea of what's going on and that kind of stuff like that. And it isn't like you're going to find out, uh, you know, eight minutes before the race actually begins on what the weather is. I mean, 
in that kind of a range, you know. So I don't know. I just I just kind of want it down a little bit. I, anyway, I understand that uh, you had a couple teammates with Matt and and Jose that were basically chasing it throughout the throughout the race. They ended up mm-hmm. doing okay, but they had to they had to chase it, which is I think I read on your thing. Well, so, it was the other way. It was real tight. They just had to keep trying to loosen the car up every. Well, at least when I got on TeamSpeak and you know they were talking about cars way too tight. Yeah, I got car I got good. pretty pretty lucky i i set myself up for something that was pretty decent ran up near the front the whole time even though i didn't qualify and started in the back uh ran up near the front the whole time and uh was able to avoid the wrecks for for whatever it was and uh had a nice finish there so i got kind of lucky on my uh my setup i did but that was just it was pure luck you know for that kind of temperature i didn't know what the hell i was you know i didn't know how much i would change a car or or and maybe I didn't change it enough, you know. But I I don't know. I got kind of lucky. All right. So let's go back to the GP. I mentioned that uh, there was a racer in that uh, that series who is uh, stepping down. It's uh, Hugo Lewis. I believe this. I believe he stepped down last year too. Um, really? I didn't where, know that. Yep. Real real life kind of gets in the way. Uh, was there any kind of a reason on this one here, Mike? No, no reason, but it sounded like he was just, well, he said he was moving on to different, you know, things kind of, um, it sounded like he was done, done with sim racing the way it read, but yeah, there was an article there from race spot that uh, yeah. mentioned, uh, he's no longer going to be involved in that series. Yeah. So probably real life, uh, is getting in the way again. So he probably probably missed it because I know last year he, he he did it, and uh, because of you know you know how it is where life kind of gets in the way. You have a job, your, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of your fun, and so uh, and it looks like that's uh, happening to him again. He probably missed it like crazy, and he gave it another shot, and probably just couldn't do it. So he has anyways, nineteen victories bad. in his name. Uh, placing him second in series history, and he's the only other driver other than Hutu to win a world title of Grand Prix racing. Yep, so, and he's always up there near the front, too, so that's a big name that's uh, stepping down, but uh, things happen. We'll see him next time. Hope he comes back. Yep, we'll see. All right, and uh, you want to talk about the television debut oh yeah we're gonna have iRacing uh races on actual real tv on a motors tv channel and uh, iRacing announced this on their twitter uh the debut is going to be march 29th at 1720 gmt time and uh it's the grand prix series we just were talking about so they're actually going to televise that and that's cool uh, that's awesome, man. We get, make a bigger audience, and uh, I guess I need to sit down and see if I can get that channel on my television. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, where where can you get that Motors TV? So well, you know, you look at their Twitter feed, and it says uh, uh, on Freeview and UView channel two forty. So it sounds like maybe it's not real TV. Maybe it's more of a web TV thing. Or maybe it's just not here. Right. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's a European Another country. Deal. Yep. Right. So, which is probably my guess. And uh, 
since I know it was a it was a UK uh, TV station that was doing the uh, that Kia series, right? Oh, yeah. uh, yep. So it's probably uh, probably another European uh, country. Like you have that, to have BBC uh, or something to watch yeah, it. Yeah. Yep. So, which is uh, which is still good. Still yeah. good. That good for on, iRacing. Uh, yep. And maybe someday that uh, you know maybe some someday some American channel will carry the the Peak series. You know. So you never know. All right, and uh, looks like uh, Ty Majeski won another race. How about that? Never well, heard of that before. <laughs> you've never heard that, huh? Well, never. yeah, he won the Rattler 250, and of course he has iRacing uh, all over the car uh, as usual. So uh, congratulations again. And and the one thing I want to say here is the NASCAR world is taking notice of Ty Majeski finally, and people are starting to take notice. I, I've seen it. And it's not going to be long before one of these big owners snatch him up. And uh, I would love for iRacing to piggyback along for the ride and take it all the way to the cup. And uh, I don't know. I know they don't have that kind of money, but we know that the uh, founder of iRacing, uh, uh, the owner of Roush Fenway, actually does have that kind of money. So, uh, boy, that would be cool, John, if you uh, sponsored a car or a driver all the way to the cup level. Yeah, it's something you never really see, though, is a personal. <laughs> Someone's coming out of their own pocket. Normally, it's a business. So, yeah, uh, yeah iRacing doesn't have the, have the dollars to do a cup uh, sponsorship. But, uh, but we like can, 14 million now? Or? It's, up, it's up there. I know it's, it's, they price themselves out of a lot of sponsorship. How's that? So I mean, there's that's the reason why you see these cars that are only able to run six races because they they can't get the sponsorship for more. And so, um, you know, if if it was uh, if it wasn't so expensive, people would have a lot more sponsorship. And 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 the funny thing is too is that even the secondary or or, or a non-major sponsorship still costs a lot of money for like the, the cup truck cars. series or yeah. Oh, I'm just talking about, uh, for example, you know, let's say you don't have the main sponsor, but you just have a uh, sticker on the quarter panel or something right. like that. That still costs a lot of money to be able to do that. And and uh, I just seem to wonder if they, if uh, the Cup Series has uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, rang themselves a little out of business with that. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's why there's less cars, uh, why they now have that. Uh, um, thing where they have 36 cars that are automatically make the race what yep. was that called you know charter system the yeah. charter system and so it's just so those cars are guaranteed that their sponsorships will be on tv you know what i mean so it's just you know i i, I think that's just one of the, the sad things about it is that become so marketing wise yep. you know you kind of miss the days when when it really wasn't that bad you know or where you would see like uh you know joe's bottle shop you know on, right. on a car roll up with a flat back and yeah so you know it's but hey it is what it is and you have to be because you you know you have to have a team of hundreds of people to be able to to take care of one car and all the all that money goes into making sure that their car can at least uh run competitively so it's kind of understood that way but it is uh a little sad. I, I don't know. I guess it's a dream of mine to see Ty uh, 
make it to the to the top. You know, it, with him coming from iRacing and him getting his rides because of how well he's done in iRacing and whatnot, and then he's sponsored by iRacing. I just think it's neat that we, as a community, can get behind this guy and support him. He's obviously a winner uh, on and off the track, and uh, I bet you money that six months from now, one of the big comp- big uh, NASCAR teams is going to sign this guy up. Yeah, I would. I would think that might be uh, coming up. Put him in a truck and a development driver deal yep, or something. Yeah, move him up. Yep, we'll see. All right, uh, let's talk about what was delayed today. Today is uh, Thursday. Patch one. Yep. So, so, so patch. we're not supposed to have patches. They do, you know, uh, season releases every quarter, and they only do a patch if they need to, and they need to because. There were a lot of problems in this last build. Uh, what I must say, it was a lot better than the last one. That's true. <laughs> Way better. <laughs> so I'll give them that. <laughs> you know, but that's there true. Is some they're working on uh, a few things. But what's interesting is is they were going to deploy, and then they delayed it, and then they were going to deploy on another day, and they delayed it until today, and they delayed it again. But they keep finding stuff in their testing and then getting it fixed. So I'm fine with it. I'm fine with uh, waiting for them to actually have the things fixed before. That's right. There's no here, no hurry. So uh, what's interesting is what they found and what they're fixing, and the way it was found. An iRacer from uh, Great Britain basically diagnosed iRacing's issue on the new build uh, in their. It comes down to basically they're not using all the CPU cores available, which is causing a multitude of issues. Um, they actually gifted him five hundred dollars in iRacing credit for the find. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and I don't know if you read the whole thing, but it was actually one part of it, which is the particles are are stuck to one one core, and uh, it isn't the whole thing. But, right, um, but that messes up stuff. Yeah, like that, that messes up stuff and causes those uh, what I would call two-second uh, "Where the heck am I?" <laughs> type of freeze frames that they got going on. So, well, I didn't have a lot of problems myself, but I heard a lot of other people with maybe older computers were really struggling. Well, I'm still trying to figure that out now. Now, someone came out with a, a little uh, program that will drop it from using core zero um whenever it comes across the iRacing one of the iRacing exes and so it was supposed to help solve that problem and solved it for a lot of people but um i'm using uh windows 8 my graphics card i know is good i got a decent amount of ram uh cpus and i7 and uh you know i really shouldn't be having too many problems at all on a normal type situation but i still get that and i still had it with this other thing and one of the things i also noticed too and it could be something else which we'll talk about um but uh i was having like i would say leg issues but people were saying i was blinking out which never happens to me so i don't know if it was because of this you know because we don't know exactly where the network thing runs we don't know exactly where you know, all the other stuff runs on this thing. And so I always kind of find it a little iffy when someone says, well, let's just knock it off a of core zero and, and have the thing run better, you know, because we know that it's, it's actually supposed to be spread across all all the cores in your CPU. 
And when you knock it off of one, you know, which, which thing are you killing? And so I was wondering about my, about my, uh, network issue. Cause I did see it kind of jumping around my quality, jumping around a little bit. And it's possible that, you know, maybe, maybe my internet was just acting up, but I don't think so. It normally doesn't happen to me. So I was a little leery of that. And so that's the reason why I stopped doing that. So I'm kind of hoping this patch fixes all that stuff. But uh, one of the things that I wanted to mention was, and Ray, I'll follow up on this one, is you notice one of the things that they put in, in this uh, build here was that to try to help the netcode issue is that you can go into your account and go into your your internet speed settings and bring bump it, it up, up. Yeah. bump it up. And he said that ever since he did that, he started having the network issues where he was blinking out and that type of stuff. And so he popped it back. Now, I don't know if that's an issue that they well, have. I understand what that does is it literally sends you more information. So if you have 60 cars on track, it's going to give you, and you have it turned as high as possible, it's going to give you to the most minute detail everything about all of those 60 cars, which in reality is more packets of bandwidth that's coming down to you. So right. if, you're, if your pipe is not big enough to handle that, then you are going to get lag and delay and stuff like that. So. But what happens if it is? Like, for example, I know I have like a 100, 130 meg down or whatever. And about fifteen or twenty meg up. You should be fine then. And I should yeah, be fine. Stream. Uh, well, because when I have, I've had issues, and oh, you know, I've, I've streamed, and people have said, you know, you're blinking, and I'm like, well, that stops me streaming, you know. Yep. So, but um, but I seem to wonder if if that could be a cause of anything or. Or anything else. It's just it's just something else that uh, that Ray found, and that some other people have uh, confirmed that they saw the same thing. But then again, you never know. We're just all guessing here, you know. So, but uh, what this what this guy did though is that he was able to um, at least identify something that iRacing took a look at farther into and found a problem, and so that was good. And so, and it's a um, big problem. Uh, and it, it's a big problem. And so it, it is good that he was able to get that, and I'm happy that they gave him uh, some. There is some kind of workaround, as you kind of mentioned, but I I kind of advise against it because it's actually changing windows. It's not doing anything with the sim to do something with the cores. But I'm just going to wait for the release. Uh, unless you literally can't race, uh, I'd probably just wait for the release. Yeah, I've actually tried uh, two things: the process, uh, process lasso thing. You gonna I put it back that. the way it was after? Uh, it? Yeah, well, I already put it back, and okay. so um, I, I didn't see any change in that, and I didn't see any change in using that uh, little program that the guy made. And if it works for other people, wonderful. Um, but uh, it didn't uh, necessarily work for me, and be honest with you, uh, yesterday I was even thinking about uh, wiping my computer out clean, putting Windows 7 on it. You know, just <laughs> wondering if that will no. fix the issue. If anyone has issues, you need to wait for this patch to come out, really. Yeah. And see so, what happens before you panic. <laughs> yeah, it's, but to me, I, I don't like driving and then all of a sudden get a freeze frame type of... It's not exactly a freeze, it's just... Well, especially it, when you spend money on good equipment, you know, you kind of expect that it's going to work. Yeah, it's just, it, yeah, it's, but you know how I drive. I don't like to crash. <laughs> and, right. And it's, 
it's it seems like when you're running next to a car and you're like oh my god here we go you know it's just like a two to three second little moving very slowly type of thing and i've tried every, all the tricks you know like one of the things they say is that uh you know when you run the graphics configurator it will basically i got i get the 16 gigs of memory in here and it'll put it up to eight i think and they in in the uh Render INI would tell you to drop that to reduce page faults. So right. I have I have dropped that because that was something that someone that they that they were working on before was to drop that to two thousand um, to only use two gigs of, of RAM. Um, that they that they said kind of was uh, fixed the issue for the Nurburgring GP. You know, a lot of people were having huge stuttering there when it first came yep. out, and so they were working on that. And so, so I tried that trick. It does work a little bit better to actually drop that from what than what the uh, graphics configuration does. And but, you know, I it wasn't exactly I was having a bunch of page faults or anything like that. It's just I tried that. So I've been trying a bunch of stuff, and I'm just kind of hoping that this new uh, new build will solve my problems. So anyway, uh, we'll find out about it. But uh, again, uh, thanks to uh, Scott. I don't know his last name, but thanks for Scott for uh, finding that problem that iRacing was able to yes. do deeper. I think the entire community. And you know what? The reading through that thread, I, I almost get the impression this might have been an issue from the previous build, the one where we had all the troubles. But and it's been there since, but it's hard to say. Maybe ever since uh, the particle stuff came out with right. the popcorn that's effects. That's what I yep. mean, yeah. September build. Yep. All right. Uh, I race for life uh, seminar coming up here on April 27th through the 29th in Dallas. Yeah, I just like to remind everybody about this because I want to go and I'm jealous and I'm not going. But, boy, it looks awesome. You know, there's going to be all these iRacing people there and all these people from iRacing. Uh, lots of the manufacturers in the sim industry are going to be there. There's giveaways. They're gonna, people are bringing their rigs, and man, it looks like fun. Yeah, and and normally uh, David Cater goes to that thing and teaches some some setup stuff, and uh, I don't believe he's going to be at this one. Yeah, in fact, uh, he is in the forums. Uh, they announced David Cater. Yes, he is back, and he will be there. Uh, Ray Alfala is going to be there. Wyatt Gooden, Darren Ganji, John Sable, uh, Otto from iRacing, uh, and so on. A lot of people from the various uh, manufacturers as well. Okay. All right. And in this show, in the video showcase, I wanted to point out a YouTube channel for uh, I'm sure that a lot of you guys have probably heard of him, uh, seen him do some road racing. His uh, name is Matt O'Donnell. Um, he used to do a lot of the Star Mazdas and and uh, stuff, but now I think he's moved on to the GT3 cars. He has his YouTube channel is called True Racer Academy. So a lot of people just know him as True Racer. Uh, he races with uh, Empty Box a lot, and uh, but uh, he's a good watch. I've been watching him for a long time, and uh, and he's a good driver, pretty quick. And uh, seems like he's younger than what he is, so because I know he's a little bit older than, than what he seems like a kid kind of on the thing, but uh, he's not a kid. But uh, he also he's kind of like the John Hall, which I mentioned on a previous show. He will actually talk about uh, how he tries to drive and uh, 
and setups and that kind of stuff like that. So two racer, it's uh, so look it up on YouTube and uh, watch them do some GT3. All right, some hardware stuff. Uh, before we get into all your hardware stuff, uh, let me just share my little hardware story, which was uh, yesterday I pulled the trigger on some new pedals. Nice. What'd you get? I got the Club Sport V3s. Well, you know what? Uh, Jose just got those, and Brad Miller just got those. How about that? So I was actually uh, I was I'm just got the the plain the plain ones, so I didn't get the the damper kits. Oh, okay. Um, but I plan to get the damper kits at some time because I was really looking for. I want to race with kind of like shoes on, kind of not not real shoes or anything like that. Just like just the kind of light shoes that you might see real racers wear, but not, not kind of like that. You know, I just, I'm tired of racing in socks. So I want something that has a little bit more real feel. I want, you know, I jump into my real car and I, I can, when I put on the gas, I can just do a little bit and that kind of stuff like that. And I have a real good feel for it, you know, just like most people can in their car. I want that same feeling. And for me, at least in my, in my CSR elites that I have now, I feel when I put on the throttle, I don't have a real good feeling on how fast I'm going. Yep. I feel like it's either halfway or more. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're going to love having good pedals. I mean, I have the main performance PCs, and I totally know what you're saying. And, and they're so much better with these nice pedals. Yeah. So it's a, a little bit of a step up from me. And so, but uh, now my elites will be my backup things yeah i was gonna have backups <laughs> so just carlos, carlos you want to talk a little bit about jose's challenges with his new pedals um i know you've you've talked to him about it oh yeah he had a i don't know if anyone else has experienced this but he the brakes used to notice i noticed this in sebring 12 hours when jose was in the car you see the brake lights keep flickering because they just constantly kept pressing and some it just caused issues he was he was like dragging the brake, right? Yeah, he was about 10 seconds off the pace there, and he's he didn't know what was wrong because he was right up there with us. And I don't know, just kept, like, it was dragging the brake, and it happened again. He had to keep, like, unplugging and reset, like, all the configuration every time he plugs the wheel in or gets on. Yeah, he was saying if his computer falls asleep, it loses configuration, but he figured out some kind of workaround. He he plugged the wheel directly, or excuse me, the pedals directly into the computer instead of into the base, the wheel base. Yep, yep. And but the other thing he's doing now is he's literally recalibrating his wheels in Windows under device and printers uh, every time right before he races. So, you know, I was telling Jose, you know, you just spent a lot of money on these. They're brand new. I mean, it's kind of early to be, you know, living with a workaround. So, yeah. Ah. He's having yeah. trouble, so I, I hope you don't have. And that I've heard too. of. Yeah, I hope I hope not too. And be honest with you, if I do, I'm going I'm going to uh, return them quite quickly, and then uh, look for something else. But um, you know, because I don't I don't want to be in a thing with uh, uh, I don't even know how to say. It. Is it the fa- fanatic? Fanatic. Or is it fanatech? Fanatech. Yeah, I think it's fanatic, but I'm not sure. But um, I don't want to be in a in a support mode with them all the time either. So if, if I got problems with it right away, I'm just going to return them. 
and uh, do something else. Like I've been looking at the ProSim Tech ones because they they're still less than five hundred bucks, you know, and they seem to be okay. But I I didn't want to go that high, you know. This seems to have a lot of stuff. I mean, um, you know, it, not only can you adjust like the the brake travel and tension and that type of stuff, but they also come with stronger springs, so you can change the springs in them. Yeah, and that's what I want. I want to be able to have that. I especially want to be able to feel the throttle more, and so I want the the stronger stronger spring. And that's also one of the reasons why I want to get the damper kit. That's all. You know, it's actually going to be for the brake and the throttle. But um, they also have uh, pedal extensions and the and the D shape plates that you can put on them. So there's there seem to be a lot more stuff you can do them do with it. And for the three hundred bucks, it seemed like a good deal. Yeah. So that's the reason why I decided. Well, we still got to get sort out Jose and get him to a spot where he's not having to calibrate every day. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, don't have that computer go to sleep. <laughs> I've given him some ideas. I was a little surprised that the Fanatec doesn't have its own, you know, calibration software, um, so to speak. It's just using the Windows device and printer section really to as a, as another device. I know with my new pedals. They actually gave me a little executable, and I, had, I have calibrated these things literally once, and I've never had to touch them again. So um, that's the way it should be, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that. That's the way it should be. But uh, I know that uh, I haven't had uh, real problems with mine. It's just like I said, it was just the throttle feel. I don't, I don't like the brake feel is actually okay. But, um, you know, they have that little dial adjustment for the, um, for the brakes on these uh, CSR leads, where you can go with uh, how hard you, how hard you push for it, and I know some people put it on real hard, and you know to calibrate with, and then they'll ease it up, you know for after that. For example, they'll put it on ten to calibrate, and then they'll move it to like seven, or something like that. But uh, me personally, I just I have it on seven. And I calibrate it at seven, and and uh but uh we'll see about this i also wouldn't mind a little bit more travel in the brake is what i have now right now you know with uh with my brake it's basically pressure and uh so it's uh i don't know for places like martinsville i feel like i lock them up too much so um yeah i'm i'm just looking to try to get better feel out of my pedals that's what i should say yep. so hopefully hopefully these v3s will work and i know i'm not going to go the route you did Otherwise, uh, uh, my wife would kill me, which is still wondering. <laughs> she still think, thinks I'm nuts now. Yeah, 300 uh, bucks for pedals? What are you doing? Don't tell her <laughs> yeah, that right. Mike Ellis spent $1,300 uh, on pedals. I did. <laughs> to try to justify. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but Mike did it. And he's, yeah, so, but, but Mike spent, spent, spent over 1000 But um, anyway, uh, go ahead and let's talk about the airboard app, yeah, button box, iPad. Okay, yeah, teammate Jose Pabon is using this now. It's uh, in the forums. It's called the Air Keyboard App Button Box for iPad. And um, uh, iRacer Marco Palumbo came up with this. And it's an app uh, in the iOS store. So you go search that, uh, Air Keyboard, and you buy it. I think it was 4 bucks. And then there's like a couple, there's all these different defaults, but one of them is an iRacing button box kind of thing. And I understand there might even be two of them at this point. 
And uh, I haven't tried this because I'm pretty happy with my Raw Cat button box, which is a free uh, thing for iPad. Um, but this one definitely has potential. And if I, you know, if I needed it, I would probably be looking at this for four bucks. Yeah, well, the price isn't bad. I will say that. Of course, the price of an iPad is a lot more. So if you don't have one, then, but if you do, price isn't bad. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it's configurable, though, which means I think that you would have to have all the original keyboard mappings that iRacing does as a default. So if you've adjusted some of your default keys, uh, like I have, you know, this might or might not work. With the RawCat button box, I was able actually to able to program each button to whatever key I decide. So it gave me a little more flexibility with that. But yeah, check it out. Yeah, speaking of button box, I was actually looking at them and wondering if I if I should get one. And but uh, you know, I got like uh, eleven buttons on my wheel, and I was kind of thinking, what would I use the other ones for? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would use more. Well, look at the picture of this button box and get some ideas. I mean, one that I use a lot on my iPad is I have volumes up and down and mute. That's three keys for spotter and then up down and mute for race chat as well so just those six keys alone get a ton of use because i'm always constantly adjusting the sound and trying to or mutant peep mutant one thing or another oh uh, i just have a mute to mute everyone i can't stand them anymore yep. <laughs> all right the change in netcode why don't you read well, about that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about um, the change in netcode thing on the settings page of the website where you can get, uh, you can say, I have uh, this much bandwidth and they send you more information per car. Um, you know, basically, I just wanted to read a little bit about uh, what Randy Cassidy from the iRacing staff said about this Um because in the release notes, they really didn't talk a lot about it. Um, let me pull this up, and I'm going to read a couple things that he wrote here. We can send information about the movement status of opponent cars to you with different levels of detail. The more detailed information lets us replicate the movement of the opponent cars more accurately, among other things. But it takes more bandwidth. If given your bandwidth selection, not all the cars to be sent would fit using the more detailed information, then some of them will be sent with less detailed information. The car sent to you with less detailed information can cause worse, quote, net quote, quote, though to a lesser degree. So what they're saying is <clears throat> they can send you all this information, but if you limit it to, you know, I only want to see 24 cars on track, which is a setting you can change in your app I and I, then you can get away with it if you have the slower connection. So at the bottom here, he, he basically comes up with some guidelines. If you're on the 512K setting, you can get the, uh, the highest amount of detail at around a limit of 24 cars. If you're on the 256K setting, then it's 18 cars and so on. So this kind of gives you an idea about what that setting is. I hope that makes sense. All right. I guess we'll uh, we'll find out about that. I know I I switched. Uh, I switched mine up to the highest level. Yeah. Yeah. One of them's up to the highest level. So uh, 
I guess uh, we'll see about that. But I always have it on 43 cars. I, I don't uh, go down from that or up. Yeah, I don't think you would change it unless you're on a very low bandwidth situation. But if you yeah. are, you should look into that a little bit. Uh, right. Next up is, uh, wow, the, I saw this new video card pop up for sale from NVIDIA. It's called the new Quadro M6000, and it has 24 gigabytes of RAM, and it sells for $5,000. It's ridiculous. Isn't that crazy? It's got, uh, looks like a DVI-D output one and it's got look like four hdmi outs so five outputs all right i'm sure someone will get it uh yeah probably the guy we're going to talk about next <laughs> okay <laughs> uh this guy shane parish who's an iRacer, and if you want to see what we're seeing i recommend you go to youtube and you search shane parish p-a-r-i-s-h and you look at his video of his rig that he has set up. It's got to be the best-looking stationary iRacing rig I have ever seen in my life. And I look for stuff like this. Uh, it's a 12-minute video where he just basically does a tour of his rig and everything that you know makes up the rig, uh, the cockpit and so forth. And uh, you know, uh, another one of the iRacing uh, shows. Um, the name escaped me. They covered this yesterday. I thought I would mention it because I was kind inside of inside sim uh, racing. Yeah, inside sim racing. Yeah, they covered this as well. But um, I thought we had mentioned it just because, man, I was impressed. I watched this thing through a couple times actually. I even showed my wife. I thought, you know what? I'm going to show this to my wife and kind of give her an idea that you know what? I'm not as crazy as some other people. Yes, yes, like a full-on <laughs> freaking cockpit there, right under his monitors. It's like, I have all the switches there and everything. It's crazy. This guy has 32 speakers. He's got two, you know, eight-foot-tall racks of amps uh, to run the 32 speakers. He's literally got a separate amp for TeamSpeak, a separate amp for Spotter, a separate amp for Race Chat, a separate amp for Engine Sound. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, he's got butt kickers. All over the, his seat. I think he's got six butt kickers on his seat alone. Um, he's got two giant subs behind the screens. So the sound system alone is ridiculous. Uh, his screens are 32-inch Samsung curves, all four of them. He's got two 19s for a dash. Uh, it goes on and on. Lots of custom work with button boxes. Uh, he's got the sim experience wheel with a real NASCAR wheel that's detachable. Every upgrade you could think in the, the world, he's got, you know, it's really nice looking rig. Oh, the wheel also tilts uh, up. Give it, did he give an estimated uh, price tag on that? No, but my wife asked me, and I, I kind of guessed. I guessed, you know, 60 grand is what I guessed. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'll tell you, like, this whole... Like desk area or not desk? I guess a whole cockpit looks like an actual car if you don't count all the tons lights. of custom work. Like he took a Sparco racing seat, brand new, and he went and took it to the upholsterer and had it reupholstered, a brand new seat, so he could get the color. You know, the colors right because he's got a real light blue 
kind of theme going with checkered flag and so forth. And uh, it just looks sharp. You know, I mentioned before it's a hobby and that some people have a real expensive hobbies and it just kind of like depends on of what, yeah, of what you're willing to do with it. A lot of people, they'll buy like a $90,000 car and, and do work on it and stuff. So, I mean, there is expensive things that, that people do for their hobbies. And apparently Shane Parrish has figured that he's going to uh, pour money into his, uh, his uh, racing hobby. And so, I mean, he obviously he, you know, can't get a real car, you know what I mean? So he's not out there real racing. So he just wants the best experience he possibly can get. And he's willing to put some money towards it. So, uh, yeah, it's a bedroom so, upstairs in his house, just a spare bedroom, but he had to run extra power, two 20 amp circuits, uh, and additional air conditioning as well as a portable air conditioner just to keep the room cool. So, uh, I actually ran one 20 amp circuit to my office uh, in preparations for my cockpit and rig. I certainly didn't plan for two of them, but now that I've seen his YouTube video, maybe I should. <laughs> I don't know. You got nothing on this guy. <laughs> I know he's got. Know. He's got a really. He's got a fan. Let me talk about the lighting. He's got this crazy cockpit. Well, excuse me, roll bar as he calls it, which is basically a, a bar that goes up eight feet and goes across. And makes a square, and he's got all these like caution lights tied to the top of it with like sirens and all that kind of thing. And he's got it all programmed where, you know, it's white for white flag, yellow for yellow flag. I think he said he was going to use the red color for when he was going too fast down pit road. So uh, the lighting is very impressive too. Oh, what's crazy was there? I was looking at he was showing off PC. I'm watching this on Twitch, and you know, the little. I'm just showing it on Twitch, I should say. But his PC, I think he's doing like a quad SLI and 980 Ti's. Yep. And then another video card. He has three internal sound cards. He has six external sound cards for a total of nine sound cards. Because he's running the, the, you know, butt kickers and the sim experience and all that stuff. All right. I'm impressed, Shane. Uh, we need to get Shane on here to talk about his rig. I think he'd be a great guest, so uh, we'll have to work on that. Shane, if you're out there uh, listening, uh, let us know, and you'd like to be on the show and talk about your stuff. I'd love to talk more about it. There you go. Open invitation to Shane Paris. All right, uh, let's get to some final thoughts. Uh, Carlos, you got any final thoughts? I'm jealous of that rig. No, <laughs> I don't know. Just not looking forward to next week's race, Martinsville. Martinsville? Yep, you know how bad I am there. <laughs> hey, Mike? Well, if you're going to say Martinsville, I have to say catch the pace car. But, uh, yeah, yep. Which you know put that for, on a bumper way. sticker. <laughs> I try not to say that anymore because people give me a hard yeah, time. But, <laughs> but Martinsville, that's the one track where it's so important. And yeah, you know? it is. But, uh, okay, so my final thought is, hey, uh, Tifosi Racing, uh, my team, we're getting real active on social media. We have a new Twitter account. It's called at Tifosi Racing. And uh, so follow us on Twitter now. 
Uh, we got lots of new content going up on our Twitter and Facebook uh, because we got more team members actually helping post stuff. So uh, lots of different people on the team are taking charge, and it, it's just been really great. Uh, so be, make sure to follow us over there on Facebook and Twitter at Tafosi Racing. And my last thought is, you know, the first five weeks of the season are over, and, you know, wow, Daytona was great. Kind of as I expected, I had great runs there. But since, man, I've been, it's been tough. And, I, and I've just been humbled in some of these races because I run, I'm the slowest car out there. I have no damage. I'm still the slowest car. And that's humbling. I tell you what, running 20th, 25th, all, all day long, you know, that's humbling. And I've been humbled this first five weeks of the season. Uh, I hope to pick it up. I, I know I can do it. Last year, I made it to the top 20 overall. Uh, I just hope we can pick it up. All right. And uh, for me, uh, my final thoughts is just uh, I'm kind of happy with the new package that they have in the new uh, lowdown for us. I think it uh, it suits my style a little bit uh, a little bit better, which is uh, kind of slower slower the cars down. Um, try to. Uh, um, save your tires, you know, that type of stuff. And, and this is in conjunction with the, with the track changing and uh, heating up and the, the tire models and everything else like that. So I've been uh, real happy with how that's been changing the, the A car. And, and it, since it kind of fits in with my style, I know it doesn't fit in with everyone else's and some people are having problems with it. Um, and for some tracks, me too. But um, I'm really happy with those uh, with those changes, and um, I'm glad in the direction that iRacing is going with uh, with actually most of the changes. Um, quick question, guys. Uh, it's an off week this week, so what are you doing? I've been asking myself that. I don't know. I've been bored and playing different games that don't even relate to iRacing lately. <laughs> I'm literally taking the week off from iRacing. I haven't raced much at all. And I'm actually going out of town tomorrow morning for the weekend. So uh, enjoy your off time because there isn't an off week for quite a long time now. Hell, it's a good thing they're giving us an off week now. So take a break while we come to terms with dealing with Martinsville next week. Yeah, it's actually kind of tough. I'll probably run uh, A Open tonight too. Uh, they're at Daytona, which is kind of stupid that they're at Daytona. And um, since we just raced there. And. Uh, but I'll probably run an open and try and do some roads. But I'm still kind of struggling on what road series I really want to run. I I ran the uh, last week at the you know, Formula Renault. And, you That's know, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that excites me. I did buy the the Audi, and so maybe I might do, do GT3. But I don't know if that excites me. I, I you know, I hate to say it, but it, you know, one of one of the um, nice things it is about road is that basically almost any time during the day you can find a, you can find races. You know, unlike on the oval side, it's, it becomes a little bit more of a struggle at certain times of the day and and finding them. And uh, but um, I, you know, I don't know. This this week has been kind of a blah week because of the off week, and so that's the reason why I was kind of wondering. So now we know we're all just kind of. Eh. <laughs> Wish there was a race. 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, have fun on your vacation there, Mike. All right. And uh, this should do it for uh, this episode of the Irish's Lounge. All right. See ya. Yep. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track. Thank you.